She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. The angry mob, the angry mob, the angry mob, even though these were just peaceful protesters. Those people are flailing and wailing in front of the United States Supreme Court. Did they become angry in the last three weeks because of Brett Kavanaugh or the last three years because of President Trump? I don't think mm -hmm. so. Did you see some of these people? They've been marinating in a toxic brew of rancor and bitterness for quite a while. Uh, let's not forget the same geniuses that predicted a huge romp by that woman who lost in 2016 are the same people predicting a huge win by the Democrats this time. And now, Stacey Washington. Welcome to the program. Stacey Washington, host of Stacey on the Ride here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Head over to urbanfamilytalk.com. American Family Radio is at AFR.net. You can also visit American Family Association at AFA.net. You find us at Twitter, Instagram, all of those fantastic places. Hit the follow button so you don't miss anything. Welcome to the show today. I've got on my Rosemary Beach shirt because we are praying for and hoping for the best for the people who have been negatively impacted by the hurricane. And it's pretty devastating. I took a look at some of the footage from CBS and different places like that, and it has really been uh, a rough go for people who have homes and businesses in the panhandle. My husband and I, that's where we met. That's where we got married in the panhandle. We, we had to run from the hurricanes a couple of times during our time at Eglin Air Force Base. And so I can tell you it's, it's always when you're going back after the hurricane, you're always wondering what you're going to find. And we didn't live there long enough to uh, suffer through any category four or five hurricanes but it was certainly a frightening experience. And so I'm really, I'm, I'm really cognizant of what's going on down there. And I'm, I'm feeling the pain for, especially for those areas that are hardest hit and for people who have lost your, their property or their, their, some, some lives have been lost. It's really been a tough go. And, uh, we usually head down to Florida twice a year to the panhandle. So I'm wondering if the areas that we normally go to have been severely impacted in time, We'll tell. We'll, we'll be seeing more and hearing more as reports come in. But we got to keep them in our prayers and um, also praying for those who've been placed in authority over us. So welcome to the show. Today, we are going to be unpacking in our daily confession, the truth. We have a couple of scriptures about the truth. And then we'll talk about this man who planned this massive terror attack to occur on Election Day in uh, the National Mall, on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., and um, then we're going to kind of go back through, I, I think there's some discussion to be had really on what's going on with the Republicans and the winning. And certainly we've seen some pretty amazing things from the president this, this week when he swore in Judge Kavanaugh and he shared uh, that wonderful apology on behalf of the nation towards the Kavanaugh family and especially the girls. And it was, it was a beautiful moment, but you have to kind of wonder what to expect so we will be talking about that. We'll be talking with you. We'll be taking your calls. Uh, you are the guest today on Hour 1, 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. We're also going to be talking about Michelle Obama, who I, I always give credit where it's due. I give praise to those who earn it. She has actually come back very quickly and swiftly to denounce 
what was uh, really a, a one-two punch coordinated by the Clinton apparatus and Eric Holder. Eric Holder saying, you know, and we're going to listen to him because yesterday when we broke the news on the air, we did not yet have audio. But we have audio of him saying, uh, when they go low, kick them. And he's since sent a tweet out and saying, you know, that's all. It was just, it, it was just campaign rhetoric. I, it, it wasn't a call to violence. Really? What else does it sound like? I mean, if, if you put the shoe on the other foot. So we'll discuss that. And we also have some great, I have a whole stack of stories today. Um, Phil Bradenson outed as a fake Kavanaugh supporter. He's been campaigning as a moderate and some Project Veritas video has exposed that all of his campaign staff think it's crazy that he would ever pretend that he even slightly supported Judge Kavanaugh. All of his campaign staff are hardcore lefties and Project Veritas caught them on button cam admitting as much. And uh, we also have this MSNBC reporter. He goes out on a bus and Benny Johnson was discussing this yesterday, but he's actually campaigning on behalf of the Democrats, as opposed to just reporting what the students said when he asked them who they'd be voting for or if they'd be voting at all. And then, of course, the 92 percent of the media coverage for President Trump has been negative. And so he actually tweeted out a Media Research Center story about that. And that has gotten a lot of news because people hate it when President Trump uses his Twitter feed to spread the truth because People are only supposed to get their news from the mainstream media. And if lies are the order of the day, well, that's what you're supposed to get. So people are really upset about him tweeting out this story, which fully sourced information taken directly from the newscasts that show that this is the truth. Uh, so right now, let's get into the Daily Confession. The truth. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. That's Psalm 8611. Psalm 8611. And then... Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And that's 2 Timothy 2.15. So why did I pick those two? Well, in an age where you literally can see something happening, like a mob of protesters clawing at some uh, bronze doors that weigh 18 tons, ceremonial doors that are never open, doors that don't have door handles. You see the people clawing, you hear them screaming, you see the violence, you see the the assaults that are taking place. You hear the sounds of people screaming others down in elevators, following people. Um, things are being called protest when really it's assault, it's uh, battery, it's uh, menacing. You know, menacing is a thing. That's something that people can get arrested for and you can be prosecuted for menacing someone else. Those are not the same as protest. And we're seeing those things equated, made to be the same. Protest is anything anyone wants to do anywhere, anytime. You can protest anywhere. That is not what the Constitution says. The peaceable assemblage to address grievances to your government is the First Amendment. The rest of what we're seeing is mob-like, terroristic anarchy. And if we allow the conversation to be changed, if we allow the way we talk about it to be adjusted, like right now, we're not supposed to say it's a mob because a mob is something bad. It has negative connotations. When we allow that, we allow the truth to be subverted. And so God's word calls on us. His word calls on us to say the truth, to speak the truth in love, but firmly. So if you're speaking the truth in love, 
and it's being rejected, that doesn't mean there's a problem with the truth. It means there's a problem with the hearers. The truth remains the same. And I think there's a, a lot that we can take from the past few weeks, especially um, I was watching a, a little video. It was a video of a pastor out of California who was unpacking the fact that if you look, a lot of the rulings that we've seen out of the Supreme Court have been brought by psychologists. And psychologists are the ones who brought the, the case that got the Bible thrown out of public schools. They said that the Bible, the reading of the Bible, especially without proper explanation, was causing mental illness in children, that it was detrimental to children to, to hear the Bible read at school. Also, something similar about the Ten Commandments, that it could be mentally harmful. Now, if you think about that, um, so a psychologist who they were never queried on whether or not they'd read the entire Bible or done any studies of any concordances or studied any of the Bible scholars who know most about the Bible, who've written the most about the Bible and would be able to inform that psychologist. It was simply taken as a matter of course that a psychologist is a preeminent expert and therefore is their word alone is enough to change the course of this country as, as, as it pertains to the Bible, for instance, or um, it was psychological testimony in Roe v. Wade. If you look at the majority of the societal changing, the, the, these things that literally are like a, a, an axe to the foundational values that we've held in this country, those changes were made at the Supreme Court and at the helm of those changes were psychologists. And so the connection was made between that and what we saw attempted with Judge Kavanaugh. They didn't just bring any accuser. They brought a super well-educated psychologist. And she was the one who, with her chin lifted high, rained down her own memories and that alone as enough to completely eliminate him from consideration and also remove him from public life permanently. Because that was the other aim of this hit job. It wouldn't be enough to just destroy the nomination. It was to take him off of the D.C. Circuit Court as well. That's why charges that were filed, ethics charges that were filed after his initial testimony, have been referred by the Supreme Court Judge Roberts, uh, Justice Roberts, referred those ethics claims to uh, the 10th Circuit to get it out of the D.C. courts because the D.C. Circuit did not want to have to look at the charges and, and judge them because they've worked with Judge Kavanaugh because he was a, a member of their, of, of their, you know, he was on, on the, tw the, he was on the DC circuit. So this is, this is an attempt to remove him from public life and it's not over. Now I think the ethics charges will be found to be completely spurious and without claim, but that just goes to show you how far reaching this attack really was. It wasn't just about, the Supreme Court. It was about him specifically. So I want to listen to this, this. It's a bit of audio that we have news report about this man who planned to bomb the National Mall on Election Day, and then we'll go to the phones. Uh, it's number one. Yeah, incredibly, uh, the FBI was able to thwart this plan with just 27 days to go before Election Day. And this is Sky Fox over the suspect's house in Tappan, New York. Investigators say Paul Rosenfeld planned to target the National Mall by detonating an explosive device on Election Day to draw attention to his political ideology called sortition. It's a process of randomly selecting government officials from a pool of qualified candidates. Now, the 56-year-old's house was 
was raided by agents today, and agents discovered a 200-pound explosive in his basement. Tonight, reports suggest that sometime between August and September, Rosenfeld had been exchanging text messages with a Pennsylvania reporter saying that he was angry at the direction the country was taking. We spoke with neighbors tonight. They reacted to the news. I, nothing ever happens around here. And then we got invaded today, and I was like, you know, I knew something bad was going on when they shut the street down. And Rosenfeld went before a federal court judge. Today he was charged with one count of unlawfully manufacturing a destructive device as well as one count of interstate transportation and receipt of an explosive. Each of those counts carries a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison. As for that massive explosive, FBI bomb techs were actually able to secure that bomb and safely transport it to an undisclosed location. And tonight Fox 5 did speak with the suspect's father who tells us, quote, we are thankful that the FBI was able to get it and no one was hurt. Wow. So clearly, while ISIS has been crushed and destroyed, obliterated very, very effectively by our U.S. military, we still have people who are willing to commit acts of terrorism, deranged individuals who would put innocent lives at risk simply to advance in their minds what they believe to be uh, valid political ideology and, and whatever else it is they think they're going to get out of it. I have no idea. Uh, so let's talk to Mary in Kansas. Mary, thank you so much for calling the show. Thank you. Um, give my stupidity right now, but the gentleman or the man that lives here in the United States from another country that is backing a lot of these mob actions and stirring up trouble, I think his first name is George, and I should know Oh, his name. Soros. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. If he's interfering with the flow of our government and stirring up trouble that could cause riots and things, why can't, if he's not a citizen, why can't the United States government deport him? I don't care where he goes, but at least if he's out of the country, I know his money could still be used. It seems like he should not be allowed to even stay in the United States if they have proof that he is paying for a lot of this damage to our government. Um, I think... You're correct, but I don't think that he's actually broken the law. So what he does is he's he's studied American law very well. And one of the things that he's done, Mary, is he he knows what the law is and he stays within the bounds of it. So while we know he's trying to subvert our processes, he knows he's doing all of the things that are available to him within our judicial system. It's it's disgusting. And I have no idea what citizen he is like what what country he has citizenship in all right we'll take more calls right after the break stay there lynn ingram of redeem clean felt god call him to support the american family association i'm a laundry man i'm the son of a laundry man too i love clean clothes i love the business i love everything about it this project was built exclusively to support AFA and AFR. There's no strings attached. Another thing that I would like to see come out of this is that I would like to see other business people feel a calling to support ministries wherever and whatever they do to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. In addition to your regular AFA giving, Redeem Clean Laundry Detergent allows you to increase your support of AFA just by continuing to wash your family's clothes. For clean laundry and support of a cleaner society, it's Redeem Clean. Learn more, find options, 
and get Redeem Clean products at afastore.net. That's afastore.net. Hi, I'm Crawford Ritz with a Legacy Moment. There's an unfortunate scenario that is enacted far too often in our churches and organizations. Maybe you've observed this. A person or small group of people have some axe to grind. They're divisive and working against the direction of the church or the organization. They need to be confronted and dealt with, but the leadership is afraid to do it for whatever reason. The problem persists and eventually the church splits or the organization gets sidetracked from its mission. One of the most difficult things a leader has to do is to confront others. In Nehemiah chapter 13, verses 8 through 11, we find Nehemiah picking up the mantle of confrontation. Listen to these words. And it was very displeasing to me, so I threw all of Tobias's household goods out of the room. Then I gave an order, and they cleansed the rooms, and I returned there the utensils of the house of God with the grain offerings and the frankincense. Verse 10. I also discovered that the portions of the Levites had not been given them, so that the Levites and the singers who performed the service had gone away, each to his own field. So I reprimanded the officials. Now here we see that sometimes leaders have to do hard things. Confrontation goes with the leadership calling. Sometimes you have to take people to places they don't necessarily want to go. If you have an inordinate need to be liked, you will never be an effective leader. A disproportionate need for affirmation runs against the very nature of leadership because you're afraid to do something that is not affirmed by other people. Here's what I want you to remember today. Confrontation protects the integrity of what God has called you to do. It's all about obedience. So when you have to confront, do it. Thanks, Crawford, and thank you for listening to today's Legacy Moment, a production of Moody Radio. You can download episodes of Stacy of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. It is time for us as Democrats to be as tough as they are, to be as dedicated as they are, to be as committed as they are. But Michelle Wick says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No, no. When they go low, we kick them. That's what, that's what this new Democratic Party is about. So that's the former law enforcement, top law enforcement official of the land. Welcome back to the show. Um, He's saying when they go low, we kick them. Now, remember, going low just means winning elections, uh, taking the constitutionally conferred right. It's the president's right to choose judicial nominees and to refer them to the Senate for advice and consent. Just that simple act of doing the same things that his predecessor did, that the Republicans permitted him to do. They confirmed his judges. They confirmed his Supreme Court picks. Doing that same thing when you're a Republican is going low. Do you notice that? It's like you can't just do what you're, the same thing they did, which is they did what they were constitutionally allowed to do. No, you have to not do, uh, you know, you can't do what they're doing. So... Anyway, I um, I think it's ridiculous and we shouldn't even allow them to continue on with that, which is why we have to push back so hard on what they've been saying. Uh, and so let's go to the phones really quickly. We have Richard in 
Mississippi. Thank you so much for calling today, Richard. Hi, how y'all doing today? Good, 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 good. Oh, so glad I got to get to talk to y'all today. I want to thank you for your show and thank you for your service, first off. And I got a message for Eric Holder and all his little constituents and little minions running around, George Soros and all them. I want to, I, I stay on the low road because I bow low before my mighty God. If mm. you try to kick me, it's over with for you. You're going to well, crawl back a broke leg. Hey, I, I'm, there's, the Bible does provide for us to defend ourselves. Um, and so I'm, I, I just, my thing with, with, obviously we shouldn't be surprised, but then again, I guess we could be kind of surprised by the way that they're behaving. But the most important thing for us to do is, is in some circles, they call it knowing your enemy, knowing how to, um, knowing how to see what they're up to, what they're doing, what, what they have as a perspective, and then going from there. Uh, we shouldn't be surprised anymore by this behavior. It continues to shock because it just keeps getting lower and lower, but we shouldn't be utterly surprised by it at all. Thank you, Richard, so much for calling the show. Uh, so now I want to get back to what Eric Holder said, you know, kick them, he said, which is interesting because that's physical violence, which he said he did not advocate. So it's interesting to see what the president had to say in response. So the president has been criticized. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, he's been criticized for having a rally last night. Well, quote unquote, you know, people, people are dying and he's having a rally. This is campaign season. Him not having the rally wouldn't have changed the course of events in Florida. And it is perfectly fine for him to continue on with his schedule, especially when there wasn't really anything extra that he could do other than have FEMA at the ready, which he did, and have all of the emergency responders at the ready, which he did, and have them available. They were actually watching the hurricane take landfall in the situation room. What more could he do? Him being in one location or the other wouldn't have changed anything. So he attended this rally and he talked about the dangerous remarks. Now, this is later. He's now, you know, the, the rally was last night. This morning he went on Fox and Friends and was chatting about Eric Holder and, and this idea that he can just say anything he wants. It's number four. He better be careful what he's wishing for. That I can tell you. He's better be careful what he's wishing what for. Mean? That's a disgusting statement for him to make. For him to make a statement like that is a very dangerous statement. You know, they talk about us. We are exactly opposite. You know, the rallies where they send people. I, I heard somebody yesterday on your show actually talking about my rallies. And my rallies are really calm and, and well run and, and packed with people. We don't have problems at our rallies, but they used to send in, they don't do it anymore. They haven't. They probably, maybe they'll try starting again. But they used to send in uh, protesters. They have to be careful with the rhetoric because it's very dangerous what Holder says. I mean, Holder was held in contempt by Congress. Holder went after Christians. He went after our great evangelicals. He went after the Tea Party people. You know that. Uh, they they just settled. The IRS just settled that case. Uh, Holder is, he's got some problems, and I don't see him running. And if he did run, I think he gets gobbled up before he ever gets to the election itself. Yeah. I think the primaries would gobble him up. <laughs> so, you know, uh, sure. I mean, I, I just for a second, remember Eric Holder from the Obama years. Um, 
he wasn't good at his job as attorney general. He doesn't have a bunch of successes. He says, well, violence was at an all-time low nationally while I was the attorney general. But he didn't prosecute gun crimes. Gun crime prosecutions went up under attorney general sessions. Yeah, that's right. Sessions. They went up under sessions, not not Holder. They went up precipitously. Also, the arrest and criminal prosecution of sex traffickers has gone up just exponentially. And I don't know what it was about Eric Holder being in charge that caused those things not to be prosecuted at the same degree, but it certainly wasn't. He's he doesn't have a lot to brag on. He was also found in contempt of of uh, Congress a few times while he was the attorney general. I mean, he's he's just not this is not his moment to to come out and, you know, throw his cape on and start talking. Well, I'm the one who did exactly what exactly what did you do? It's understood that he can go to campaign offices and, you know, kind of get everybody all hyped up over running and kicking them and doing everything else, he said. But nationally, Eric Holder has no chance of being the president. No chance. It's just absolutely not even a thing. Uh, let's go back to the phones. We have Dave in Mississippi. Dave, thank you for calling the show today. How you doing? Doing good. Well, I don't agree with anything you're saying, so I hope that I can get to express my opinion. I'm in a great area. Cell phone reception is awesome. Okay. Oh, don't worry but about don't, me cutting you off. You have, a, you have a choice. You have a choice of how you're framing it. You know, I mean, that go low, you know, we, we'll kick them. I mean, all of that's just political talk. The same as I took um, when President Trump said, well, I think he was campaigning that time. He said, I'd punch him in the face. I mean, it's no different. But it, but what is different is is that what he said, things. Dave? Is that what I'm President sure Trump said? said? I'm going to punch I, them in the face. I'm, I would punch them in the face. I think that's what he said. I mean, it's, it's and, pretty close to that. I may paraphrase. And did you have a problem with that? I thought it was inappropriate, but I mean, did, 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 was I in fear for my life or anything? No. I mean, I try, I try to I try to be even, unlike how I've listened to talk radio since 1998. Okay. I'm not responsible for all of talk radio. I'm only responsible for what I say here. So you can level your criticism directly at me, but I'm not responsible for other talk radio hosts. Let me say this about about you then. Go ahead. Why can't we talk about, um, like, President Trump's lawyers paying off porn stars? All of that stuff is so important. It's it's important overall. It's not just important (laughs) if... One lady is lying about sexual assault, or is she telling the truth? It's all important. We all need to know. I don't. I don't it, want it is. It is. I don't want. It is all important. I don't want a justice to assaulted a woman. I don't want a woman to be lying about rape. I don't want a president to, to be talking as vulgar as this one has. Mm. But what you all do is, and both sides do it. But oh, what yeah. I've heard you do is, you just ramp your side up. Like this, you you know, I don't think you think that that's a literal term because we're not talking about football. They're not going low as in tackling somebody. So no, I mean, he's talking about the the. He no, it's not hyperbole. You have a problem with Donald Trump's rhetoric, but you have no problem with Eric Holder's rhetoric. You probably have no problem with Barack Obama saying if they bring with, a gun, I don't, I don't if they bring a knife, we either. bring a gun. No, you're so you're accusing me of being one sided. But the name of this show is Stacy on the right. It's not Stacy in the middle. It's not Stacy on whatever Dave thinks it should be. It's Stacy on the right. So my opinions are from the right side of perspective because that is the part of the political spectrum that I occupy. That's the first thing. 
So if you're listening, waiting for me to suddenly go hard on the left, you're going to be disappointed. That's number one. Number two, Dave, you don't have a problem with Democrats misbehaving. You have a problem with Republicans misbehaving. And you expect Republicans to be like priests or people, you know, with with the sweater vests on, never a nary uh, negative word shall utter from their mouths. The reason I don't care about Donald Trump's uh, past sexual history is because nobody cared about Bill Clinton's. And so if that's the standard, I will apply that all the way across the board. So even though you're saying I'm only ramping up my side, no, what I'm doing is I'm presenting things from my perspective because the show is called Stacy on the Right. And then as far as the rest of it, like if you don't agree with anything that I'm saying, I can appreciate that. That's your right. But you should be consistent. That's, that's my thing with you since we're offering and sharing constructive criticism. My thing with you is you just don't have the ability to criticize people on the left but you have this amazing acuity for criticizing Donald Trump and people on the right. What, what say you to that? For and one. We, but I, okay, I couldn't I'm hear you. What I'm more concerned about is that I would hope that everybody would be concerned about the truth. I could, I, you we are talking about the I'm truth. I'm Alvin from the left, but I want to be Alvin from the truth. So state, well, but you just said some things here already right that aren't true. exclude you from being truthful. I am being truthful. What have I not been truthful about? Specifically, what have I not been truthful about? Because if you're going to say I'm not being truthful, what is it? What have I said that's not truthful? I don't want to be disrespectful to you. Please, please go ahead and say without being disrespectful, what have I... I mean, I'm trying to answer you. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Okay. I'm just saying, if if, if one thing, we talk about Clinton, we still talk about Clinton, we still talk about all these women, you know, if one is important, I mean, the president currently has 19 or so accusers of um, sexual misbehavior. I mean, it's not its not like it's a past thing. It's a current thing. Okay. And, I mean, I, I don't – I understand where you're coming from, but I think your audience loses that you only give something from one side. Actually, I'm – so, again – People aren't coming here to hear the same thing they can hear on CNN and MSNBC. The other side is adequately represented. It's overrepresented. What people want to hear on this show is the political perspective, Christian worldview from the right. That's why they're tuning into the show. Now, when you say, and and you said, "I've, I've not told the truth here. I've not presented the truth. I would like to know what I've said that's not true. Uh, so we did not hang up on him. I'm not sure if he hung up or if his signal dropped. I'm not sure what that was. But he started off by saying, um, I'm in a good cell phone area. I'm, my call's not going to go down. I'm not in the habit of hanging up on people on the show unless they filibuster and I can't get a word in edgewise. And if you think you're going to call here and say that I'm not telling the truth, you should at least be able to say what I've said that's not true. And it's not about me being oversensitive about that. Many times, or I can't say many times, three times, three specific times where I gave information on the air that I thought was true, such as President Obama had never attended a prayer breakfast. That was one of the times where this was back when I was on weekend radio. And someone sent me the White House link to the press. And this is before I was on the press list that showed that he'd been to four of them out of five. And she said, so that was easy for you to find out. And so I immediately corrected that the next time I was on the air. So if the caller had been willing to tell me what it was that I was being inaccurate about. I would certainly research it, make sure that I was being accurate. And then I would say, here's the correction or 
Sorry, I was accurate. But that's not the issue here. It's an ideological viewpoint that says when Democrats commit sexual malfeasance, it's fine. They're Democrats. Bill Clinton was the first black president. It's in the past. Don't discuss it. But when a Republican does things that people don't like or are morally repugnant, because I, I don't make any qualms about saying I don't agree with the president's behavior. I don't agree with the fact that he's been married three times. I don't agree with the fact that the president has been um, uh, unfaithful. I don't agree with, you know, the sexual alliances and dalliances and all of that. I make no bones about that. But I'm not hiring him to be a marriage counselor. When I voted for him, I voted for him to be the president of the United States, which, according to Democrats, the standard they set back when Bill Clinton was the president, all of the things I just named off are between him and his current wife. And so I don't care about those things anymore. And when I say I don't care about them, it doesn't mean I condone those behaviors or those activities. It means I didn't hire him to do that job. I hired him to do the job he's doing. He's doing a fantastic job at it. So there is no inflation or presenting only from one side. People who listen to this show are getting exactly what they're listening to the show for. And anyone who wants the other perspective, just turn on any radio station. Oh, my goodness. But don't because all you're going to get there, 80 percent, 90 percent, or what's the statistic? 92 percent. Media Research Center reports that 92% of the stories on Donald Trump are negative. I wonder what the caller thought about that. I wonder what he thought about that. So what we're going to do now is we have just a minute or so left. We'll take more calls in the third segment, as we always do. And I'm going to give you this info on Phil Bredenson, who's been outed as a fake Kavanaugh supporter by his own staffers from Project Veritas. This is one of their better videos. I'm going to put the link on Facebook so you can click through and watch it for yourself if you haven't seen it yet. It's all over. Almost every conservative website has the link up to it. And I just want to leave you with this. This is Media Research Center. You know, we often have people from Media Research Center come on the program. Despite so many positive events and victories, Media Research Center reports that 92% of stories on Donald Trump are negative on ABC, CBS, and ABC. President Trump tweeted about this because it's a validation for him. It's a vindication. And he should want to be vindicated because as much negative coverage as as they've given of the things that I described that aren't his best features, his negatives, they never talk about the wonderful things he's doing. That's why I have to share it. Because you need both perspectives, as the caller said. So MRC analysts reviewed 1,007 evening news stories about President Trump's administration on ABC, CBS, and NBC from June 1st to September 30th. That's 1,960 minutes of airtime. And over the past four months, nearly two-thirds of evening news coverage of the Trump presidency was focused on just five main topics, Russia, immigration, Kavanaugh, North Korea, and Russia doesn't sound fair to me. This is still Stacy on the Right. We'll be right back. I'm a local truck driver, and I travel all over North Carolina, the coastal, down in Fayetteville and Lumberton. And, uh, you know, back in Raleigh, we have a uh, radio family that I listen to, and they don't travel out that far. But if I'm in the area, I tune into you guys, and you're like my home away from home for spiritual truth on the radio. I'm a young African-American, 27 years old, married, and we love the Lord. And the only reason why I share that is because people need to know this isn't, you know, a, a cultural exclusive thing, but this is reaching all people from all stripes, all united under the banner of Christ. And we are now a new race, a new people, submitted to the Lord. And I just really want to 
encourage you guys to uh, continue doing what you're doing. Love what you guys are doing. Be blessed. Let's impact even more lives. Partner with us for our three-day share starting Tuesday, October 16th, here on listener-supported Urban Family Talk. This is Just a Minute with Stacy Washington. Are you a worrier? Is fear a constant companion? Well, there's a solution for that. It's prayer and scripture memorization. It has become vogue to cattily mock people who pray. The mockers have no understanding of God. Just a few of God's attributes describe him as our high tower, refuge, holy, alpha and omega, hope of glory, day star, and bright hope. These descriptors are a comfort to the believer. God is right here and operating on our behalf. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Fear has no place in the life of a believer, but as humans, we will experience fear. Psalm 19 tells us that memorizing scripture makes us wise while refreshing the soul. I'm Stacy Washington. Find out more at StacyOnTheRight.com. Securing America. The FBI is investigating 5,000 terror cases across the nation and around the world right now. About a thousand of those cases are homegrown violent extremists, and they're in all 50 states. FBI Director Christopher Wray told the Senate Homeland Security Committee homegrown terrorists are more likely to strike without warning, and it's more difficult for investigators to connect the dots after an attack. These folks are largely radicalized online, and they're inspired by the global jihadist movement. Ray said the FBI has been making progress, that in the past year, hundreds of terror suspects have been arrested. Like the arrest of a guy plotting to attack San Francisco's Fisherman's Wharf on Christmas Day with a combination of vehicles, firearms, and explosives. Ray said the FBI also disrupted a plot to blow up a shopping mall in Miami and stop potential attacks on July 4th celebrations in Cleveland. In Washington, Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Fear is is not a uh, it, it's not a proper motivator. Uh, hope wins out. Um, and if you think about how you want your kids to be raised, how you want them to think about life and their opportunities, do you want them afraid of their neighbors? Do you want them angry? Do you want them vengeful? You know, if we think of the values that we try to promote to our children, Savannah, you're a mother right now. And at this point, you have to think about what are the things you're telling your girls? Which motto do you want them to live by? Uh, and, I, and I have to think about that as a mother, as, as someone who's a role model to young girls. We want them to grow up with promise and hope. And we can't model something different if we want them to be better than that. Wow. So if it was just rhetoric and it didn't mean anything, why did Michelle Obama feel the need to actually come out and dissect what Holder and Clinton said and rebuke it? I mean, don't take it from me. It's not like I said when they go low, kick them, Uh, you know, with people out there actually physically assaulting people on the right who are protesting in favor of Kavanaugh. What do you think they're getting arrested for? 156 arrests on one day alone. One four-hour period in front of the Supreme Court, 156 people were arrested every day. And what they had to do at one point was that they had to actually tell the protesters, the Washington police, they said, look, 
when we arrest you now, if we've arrested you once before, you will not be permitted to simply pay a fine and walk out the door. You will have to stay here until after the Columbus Day holiday because we will not permit you to pay a fine if you've been arrested once before. And they still assaulted other protesters and got arrested anyway. But I mean, goodness sakes, here at Stacey on the Right, I guess we're just presenting views from the right when we say that the police in Washington, D.C. were arresting hundreds of protesters a day. Uh, I guess that's just stuff we're making up. Okay. (laughs) I guess, you know, believe whatever you want. (laughs) So Reed in Texas, thank you so much for calling the show today. (laughs) Hi, Stacey. Uh, Hi. (laughs) Just keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, We like like what you're presenting to us. We like what you're telling us. And uh, I get my dose of, of all that left stuff. When I listen to uh, Democracy Now or Mm -hmm. on the networks and, uh, you know, I can't listen to it for very long because it just makes my blood boil. But, um, you know, you're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep after these people. And uh, maybe one day we'll actually bring them to justice. Thank you. I appreciate that, Reed. I'm I'm telling you, there's so much lefty content out there. So we let's talk about that. We. Yesterday, we had um, wonderful guest Benny Johnson join the show, and he was so great. He was talking about his piece over the Daily Caller, and it had a video attached to it, which I saw that this morning. So you've got this video where this guy is a reporter, and he says, shocking. Watch what happened when I asked a bus stop full of California students if they'd vote in their key midterm district, Bueller. While Trump's latest fire drill is underway, here's something else to think about. Why young Americans don't vote. So he spent some time at this near the bus stop, right, on on this um, California campus. He traveled to California, um, University of California, Irvine, so the campus there. And they have a hotly contested um, uh, House of Representatives seat. So that congressional seat is one of the seats that the Democrats hope to flip so that they can take control of Congress and impeach Donald Trump and impeach Kavanaugh and take away the tax increase, et cetera, et cetera. So he, instead of going in as a journalist and a news reporter and just saying, do you guys plan to vote? If not, why? He said, who here, sorry to bother you, who here plans to vote? And then when the, none of the students piped up, he said, well, do you not know that this is a hotly contested seat and the Democrats need you to vote? The, the Democrats want to turn this seat back to the, their side. He didn't say it's a hotly contested seat and it will determine who controls Congress, this seat and, and a few others. He didn't say, you know, as an American, it's your duty to vote. He did say it's your right to vote and you should vote. But he framed it from the perspective of someone who's openly partisan, only instead of like me, where my show is called Stacy on the Right and I make no bones about it over on Twitter. I, I just want to be so crystal clear here. And we're going to work our way through this real quick because if you're listening for the first time, you may not know these things. And that's not your fault. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of it. Over on Twitter, my bio says, nationally syndicated 2 p.m. Central Time on AFR Net and Urban Family Talk. Co-chair Project 21 News, U.S. Air Force vet, Second Amendment Foundation 2018 Journalist of the Year, NRA member. I mean, I don't know how much more clearly or loudly I can shout where I'm coming from I have if you google my name all the stuff comes up is about the whole thing with the post dispatch because they did some really awesome uh SEO to so that that story is as most 
attached to my name more than my blog, which has been around for all these years or any of the other work that I've done, all the other stuff I've done that comes up first. And if you click on that, you see that I was drudged. There was a suspension from the post dispatch for defending the NRA from being called terrorists and ISIS members. And then you see that I went on Fox news and said, I am a Bible thumper. I love God and I love the constitution and I love America. And people were so outdone by that. And I don't, I don't know why, because in my opinion, if you're living here, you should love this country. You ought to be outsized about it. And you ought to be thanking God that you can be one of those people who, I, well, I'm an atheist. You, the only reason you get to be an atheist is because you're here in this country. In China, you're an atheist because you're a member of the Communist Party. And don't you forget it. Being a Christian is a radical act of valor in China. Here in America, it's our right. It's your right to practice Judaism or Buddhism or whatever you want to practice. And so when I say I'm a Christian, I'm a Bible thumper, I'm a gun owner, those are declarative statements of fact, not really that they're not that outstanding because in America, that's my right. So if you're just tuning into the show, welcome. You're going to hear scripture here. You're going to hear Christian worldview, political commentary, cultural talk. You're going to hear some of the most awesome callers on the face of the planet, and you'll be hearing me, and I'll be speaking the truth in love, sometimes feverishly fast, speaking a little too fast for radio, but I'm working on that, and you'll hear all of that, and it won't change. You are not going to tune in on Monday or Tuesday or any other day of the week that's real or an imaginary day and hear me spouting leftist talking points. Because there are literally millions and millions of hours of that already available. And not only does listening to that work against the proper firing of the synapses in your mind, but it will pervert your ability to receive the truth. And so remember, if you listen to lies and you accept them, when you hear the truth, you will not be able to discern it. And that is why it's so important to discern the truth. And that's why we started the show off with, the truth, which is Psalm 86, 11, just one Bible verse about the truth. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth and do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Second Timothy two fifteen. And so that I, I welcome people to listen to the show who disagree with my political perspective, but the personal attacks saying I'm lying about things or that I've said things that are only from one side, what other side do you expect me to come from? You expect me to get on here and, and talk about how the Bible isn't true? You'll never hear that. You will never hear that here or anywhere else. You expect me to say things about politics that uh, maybe tickle your ears and make you feel good about your support of abortion or your hatred of our military or your desire to destroy our sovereignty by eliminating our borders? You're never going to hear that. You want to hear someone make you feel good about the fact that you've been justifying mob-like terroristic tendencies that are coming from the hardcore organized left paid for by George Soros? You want me to make you feel good about that? You're never going to hear it. What you will hear is the truth. And if you're able to hear it without getting triggered or going into straight Trump derangement syndrome, it'll be awesome. It's a total party and I love it. And I think it's good for you. I think it's good for me. And the best thing we can do, because I, I remember, I think one thing that people forget, and it's good for me to share, is that I used to be a Democrat. 
I was raised in a household where my mom and dad were Democrats and there really wasn't any one day you'll have to decide what political party to support. No, I was a Democrat from the day I was born, according to my parents. And I voted for Bill Clinton the first time. Now, my first vote was for him. It was his second term after all the drama. And I remember talking to my parents about that. I was like, what about Hillary Clinton? Don't you guys feel sorry for her? My parents were like, look, you know what? That's between her and her husband. And if she didn't like it, she could divorce him. But she's not divorcing him, so that means she's fine with it. And who are we to make judgments about what they do and what kind of relationship they have? That's between them. And I remember thinking to myself, my parents are pretty staunch on, you know, not having sex out of wedlock, not having abortions, not doing this, not doing that. My parents are pretty staunch on that, but there's, there seems to be a difference here. And they kind of explained it, but they weren't really interested in having a big, long discussion about it. The idea was we're voting for Bill Clinton. And so later when my husband and I got married and we were still Democrats, and then later after that, we start expecting our first child. I felt a burning desire to make sure that I was on the right track. And we were, we just moved to the Midwest. All of a sudden I'm expecting, we're so excited about it. And all I could think about was where are we going to go to church? So we started visiting churches and we started going to an all black church of God in Christ church. And we were loving it. But over the course of our daughter being born and me listening to Christian radio and me researching what the party platforms look like and listening to some more Christian radio and noticing that our pastor would advocate for social justice policies from the pulpit, I began to make a shift. And it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. But I'm telling you that story because it's instructive. You can't play those games with me because I was once a Democrat. I know how this thing works. You attack the person. You insult them. You don't talk about their ideas. You don't argue about whether or not the president is doing a good job on the economy or regulations or in the business atmosphere that we have with our trade partners. You don't talk about whether or not our military is stronger, better, faster, and more deadly. You don't talk about whether or not he's crushed ISIS. You don't talk about the better management of our parks and many billions of acres of lands in this country. You don't talk about the overall confidence level of the stock market or anything else. You don't talk about people buying homes, saving money, going on vacations. You don't talk about the newfound respect. It may be mingled with hatred, but it's definitely respect that countries that are not our friends around the world have for us or the fact that North Korea hasn't launched not one missile since he started calling that man names on Twitter. You don't talk about that. You have to call me a liar. You have to come after me. I'm an NRA shill. I'm paid by the NRA. Yeah, so what? Now what? I wasn't at the time, but now what? So what? You have to come after me personally. I know the tactics. I know the game. I played it. I was good at it back when I was a Democrat. But now I argue facts, figures, and charts. Now I argue historical perspective. Now I argue the Constitution. Now I go to the, the source document, the Word of God. Now we take everything captive and we put it under the microscope, the bright light of God's Word, and we say, now what say you? Now what do I do? That's what we do now. And so if you're still looking for a way to attack me, it's open season. You're not the first. You won't be the last. The line of haters is long. Get in the back. But one thing you need to understand, one perspective you need to know, I will say it one last time for this particular hour, is that this doesn't change. This isn't for specific consumption. 
it is the presentation. And if you like it or don't like it, it remains the same because this is what I believe. And it's not about being paid. It's not about you liking it. It's about it being connected to the truth. And if you want to have that assurance that your beliefs are in that same vein, then you go through the process. Get that Democratic Party platform. Look at every single item. Get your Bible. Look up what God's word says about those items. Coveting your neighbor's donkey or his wife. Taxation is theft. Look in there and see what God's word says about human ritual sacrifice of the unborn on the altar of sexual freedom. Check out what happened in the Old Testament in Joshua to nations that practice ritual baby sacrifice. God poured out his wrath and wiped them out. Look up what the Bible says about self-defense. It is enlightening what the Bible says about self-defense. Check out how many of the disciples were armed. (laughs) Just check it out. It is instructive. Now, if you're not coming from that worldview, if you don't care what the Bible says, well, you know, I mean, that's your right. (laughs) But don't expect me to change my views to make you feel good. I'm not here to make you feel good. That's not a part of my job description here. So I find it interesting that, you know, the, the, the need is to stop me from telling the truth from the right when there are so many other places. If you want to hear some garbage, you could just get it all day, all day long. There are even podcasts of leftists where they're sitting up, they, they sit up and they just spend all of their time talking about Donald Trump's appearance. To what end? What does that get you in eternity? Let's face it. If you think I'm wrong, your problem is not with me. Address yourself to that tractor trailer sized beam in your own eye before you come over here. But I do welcome the calls. (laughs) So if you're leaving, I hear the music. Good day from the heartland. If you are staying with us, you have one news now, news and information coming at you right after the music. Keep it here.